Richard Jugg, a London printer, is credited with the first footnotes. He used a square of four dots, or two colons next to each other, for the symbol when he published the Bishop's Bible in 1568. So the first footnotes are dated all the way back to 1568. The origin of the author date style, which is when you are citing within the text and you put a parenthesis, author, comma, page number, is attributed to a paper by Edward Lawrence Mark. He was a Hersey professor of anatomy and director of the zoological laboratory at Harvard University. He may have copied it from a catalog cataloging system used then and now by the library of Harvard's Museum of Comparative Zoology. In 1881, Mark wrote a paper on the embryogenesis of the garden slug in which he included an author date citation in parentheses on page 194. So I don't know, when I used to sit down and write a paper in high school, I thought all of it was made up. All of these citations, here you put two commas, here you put one backslash. I thought somebody was playing a prank on all of us. All of this was completely made up and just there to play with us and make our lives more difficult. But the system of citation is historically, as we see, dated all the way back to 1568 for one style, 1881 for the other style. But I would like to suggest that citation is dated to way, way back before that in Megillah Esther. In Megillah Esther, in Parak Bet, Pasuk Chafbet, Mordechai, every day since Esther was appointed as queen, has been sitting in the courtyards of the palace. And there Mordechai sits, day in and day out, waiting to hear news of how Esther is doing, to make sure that she is okay in the palace. So Mordechai sits there, and not much is happening, besides for the fact that he won't bow down to Haman, everything is pretty, pretty okay. And one day, as he is listening, he hears Big Tan and Teresh, two of the officers of the king, and they are discussing their nefarious plot to kill King Ahasuerus. Mordechai hears this information and immediately sends word to Esther and says, you need to tell the king what is going to happen. Esther then, in Pesach Chafet, brings this information to the king. Esther hears this information, she takes the information, and she relays it over to King Ahasuerus, B'Shem Mordechai, in the name of Mordechai. Now the Gemara and Megillah picks up on this very specific language of Esther hears the information and tells it over to Ahasuerus, B'Shem Mordechai. The Gemara and Megillah and Daftas, Vav Amar Aleph, V'Amar Rabbi El-Azar, V'Amar Rabbi Chanina. Koha Omer Davar B'Shem, Omro Mevi'e Ge'ula La'olam. Anyone who gives credit where credit is due, so anyone who attributes information to the one from whom they learned it, brings redemption to the world. This is the lesson we learned from Esther, that Esther was willing to give credit to Mordechai, and she eventually brought Geula to the world. She brought the redemption. In Perkei Avos, this lesson is quoted as well. In the final list, the final Item on the list of Kinyane HaTorah. What is that? Perak Vav of Perkei Avos is called Perak Kinyan HaTorah. Perak Vav of Perkei Avos, just a little secret, was not originally part of Perkei Avos. 
Chazal wanted us to be able to learn Perkei Avos on the weeks between Pesach and Shavuot, every Shabbos afternoon. But unfortunately, there was only five prakim of Perkei Avos. There were six Shabboses, and that didn't fit very nicely. We like it to be even. Six weeks, six prakim. So they decided to come up with another parak of Perkei Avos. That is the sixth parak, Perak Kenyan HaTorah, which describes to us how one acquires Torah. What are the character traits you must have? What are the attributes? What are the skills? What are the methodologies for acquiring Torah? So on this list are Bishmiyad HaOzen, that we can acquire Torah via listening, Ba'arichas Vatayim, through speaking, Bivinas Halev, through understanding in our heart, Ba'anava, with humility, Bisimcha through happiness. And the final item on this list is HaOmer Davar Bishim Omro, that someone who is able to give credit is able to acquire Torah. This is the only one of the items on the list that receives a citation, appropriately so. As we learn from Esther. So what I want to ask is, we see this in a number of different places. That it's quoted in the Gemara, it's quoted in Perkei Avos, it's quoted in a number of different places. What is the significance of this lesson that it is repeated so often? And that's what I want to explore today. What about giving credit is so important? First, you can say, it opens us up to a practical area of halacha. That there is, just like every other part of our life, has rules and guidelines. So too, there are rules and guidelines to how we must appropriately give credit to another person. If I were to stand up here, and I were to have listened to a shear from Rabbi Brand yesterday, and I get up here, and I tell over his shear without quoting him by name, not only would that be inappropriate, but that would be against halacha. The Magin Avraham, which is one of our halacha starim, kol she'ino omer davar b'shem omro over belav. Anyone who does not give credit where credit is due is violating a negative commandment. Rabbi Akiva Eger quotes this as well. He says, Kol Anyone who doesn't give credit to the one who, from whom he learns it um, is violating a negative commandment. What is the negative commandment that he is violating? Al-Tigzol Do not steal from a poor person. Because when you are stealing information from somebody, you are in essence stealing something that really belongs to them. So you are taking someone and you are now causing them a loss. This is violating a negative commandment. It's brought down again in the Kitzur Sefer Charidim, in the list of mitzvot, in the list of mitzvot that are rabbinic mitzvot, that are negative commandments, that are reliant on our speech. He quotes again, Anyone who doesn't quote appropriately is violating a negative commandment. Okay, so it's an area of halacha. But let's dig a little deeper. We know that we're working pretty hard to bring Mashiach, right? There are very big things that we know we have to accomplish in order for Mashiach to come. Just one Shabbos and Mashiach will come. The entire world, every Jewish person on planet Earth must keep a perfect Shabbos. And then Mashiach will come. And on the other hand, one who gives credit will bring Mashiach. Not to downplay anything specifically... But I don't know, getting every Jew in the world to keep Shabbos versus saying, I heard this idea from so-and-so, one seems relatively insignificant. 
So what I want to look at today is beyond this area of halacha, which obviously every area of halacha is important, and everything that teaches us a lesson and teaches us something practical for our lives is important. But what is the deeper significance here? What is happening when you give credit to somebody that is worthy of bringing the ge'ulah? And to do that, I want to look in a, at a piece in the Maharal. The Maharal, the Maharal Miprag, wrote commentaries on many different sfarim, one of which was on Megillat Esther. This is his Sefer or Chadash, and we are going to go through this piece with him, piece by piece, and he gives insight. Two approaches to what happens when you give credit, and two approaches as to what it means that you are bringing Geula to the world. So let's start together. We are in the Or Chadash, which is in source number seven. For if not so, Whenever we are trying to learn a deeper meaning behind something, we are going to look at the Pasuk very, very specifically. So he says, in the Pasuk that we said, Vatomer Esther Lomelech Beshem Mordechai, why does it use the word vatomer to speak and not vatagid, which is to tell? He's picking up on a very small nuance in the Pasuk. And he says, It's teaching us that because of what Esther said in the name of Mordechai, she brought Geula to the world. This thing that she did is not reliant upon, upon telling. It's not reliant on Haggadah. Because every telling has a person who is receiving it. Think about the Haggadah, or the, the mitzvah to tell over Sipor Yetziat Mitzrayim. It is reliant on there being people to receive the story. Yes, we have the idea that even if somebody is at a Seder alone, they must still tell the story. But the inherent mitzvah on Seder night is to tell it over to somebody. He says that is the word Haggadah. But when it comes to Omer Davar B'Shem Omro, it doesn't matter if there is someone there to hear it. It is not about the recipient. Rather, it is about the one speaking. It is only about the speaker, not about the recipient. It is not about the recipient, it is about the speaker. And that is why this specific word was chosen here. Let's go on one more paragraph and then we'll discuss the first approach. How do we know that this rule, this telling over of the information in the name of Mordechai was directly connected to the Geula? Because we know, whenever something says, we are meant to connect the current episode to the episode that immediately preceded it. We have an idea that Hashem hikdim refua lamaka. Hashem always creates the cure before He creates the problem. So in the, our first pasuk that we learned, Esther tells over Bishay Mordechai. He give, she gives over the information in Mordechai's name. That is the refua. That is the healing. And what is the maka? The maka is Haman being appointed. 
So because in the very next Pasuk, Haman is appointed, we know that Esther telling over something in the name of Mordechai must have been the, um, the impetus for the Geula. So what is our first approach? I said we already touched on it. You're like, what do you mean? We, already, we only read an introduction. Our first approach as to what, what is happening here when we give credit in somebody's name is it is changing you as a person. When you give over a piece of information, that information can serve many purposes. It can really simply to be to tell someone else something they didn't know before. Or, for example, if I stand up here and I say to you, this is my own unique idea, what are you going to think? You're going to think that I a little bit know what I'm talking about, that I'm able to think creatively. There are things that you are going to think about me. And, and if I take someone else's very brilliant idea and I present it as my own, you're going to think I'm pretty brilliant. But what's going to happen if I give credit to the person who I really heard it from? You're going to think great things about them and, okay, you'll think I'm an honest person. But you're not going to think such great things about me. All I did was stand up and tell over their information. Someone who gives credit to another person is showing that they value another person over themselves. They're showing that they care for another person. I am not going to steal something that rightfully belongs to to you. It's not a physical object. It's your thoughts. It's your ideas. And I'm going to give you credit because credit is appropriate there. By giving credit to another person, you are showing that you are a caring and concerned person. Even more than that, you have a high level of intellectual honesty. You care about there being truth in the world. That the person who is meant to get the credit is going to get the credit. It's not all about you. It's about the other people and it's about the general world, making the world a better place. And that values, those values trump your own personal Um, agenda. What does this have to do with the Geula? Each one is going to approach the Geula in a different way. The Yachin, which is a commentary on Perkei Avos, is asking this question, why is Ha'omer Davar B'Shem Omro? Why is that connected to Kenyan HaTorah? What does that have to do with Kenyan HaTorah? Shemisha Oseh Davar Tov, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Chafit, Shiit Parsim Et HaMitiv V'Darchav Ba'olam. Someone who does something good, Hashem wants to popularize what they did in the world. Hashem wants to promote the good thing that they did in the world. So when one person does this act of kindness, which it really is, it's an act of kindness, giving credit to another person, Hashem wants to increase this in the world. So Hashem, when you do something good, Hashem wants to increase good things in the world. Rabbi Ari Berman, the president of Yeshiva University, in discussing the Kinyane HaTorah, went through each of them specifically, he said, why is someone who gives credit someone who is able to accept Torah? Because he says someone who's really a Lamdan, someone who really is in it to learn Torah truthfully, is not invested in their own personal popularity. They are interested in being there for other people. They are a giving person. They are a caring person. They are an honest person. And he said, that's why this ends out the list of the Kinyane HaTorah. Because you might be able to listen, you may be able to write, you may be able to speak Torah. But if you don't care about other people, you will not be successful in your Torah learning. Additionally, the Gemara in Yoma tells us that why was the second base Hamegdash destroyed? The first base Hamegdash, it tells us there was Gilei Arayos, there was Shvichas Damim, there was Avodah Zarah. There were the three big sins. 
But the second piece on Megdash, why was the second piece on Megdash destroyed? If they were engaged in Torah and Mitzvot in the second in the time of the second base Hamikdash, why was that base Hamikdash destroyed? Because there was baseless hatred between people. We learn that sinas chinam, baseless hatred, is equivalent to the three great sins. That if you hate another Jew. It's as if you served a Vodazara. It's as if you killed somebody. It's as if you engaged in an improper relationship. That's the severity which we attribute to Sinas Chinam. So of course this makes sense. That someone who is able to give credit to someone, something so basic, I'm going to give credit to a piece of information you gave me. That caring, that showing that we care about another Jew or another person, that's something that's, of course, going to bring the Geula. But what is the second approach? And for this, we're going to go back to the Or Chadash. We are in the third paragraph. The Al Yehizek Kalalacha. The Al Yehizek Kalalacha Davarzeh Shebishvil Kach Tiskele Geula. You shouldn't think that this is something trivial. That in this Chut is what we receive the Geula. The Prat Le Geula Zot. Because it was very specific to this Geula. The Geula, as we were talking about on Purim, remember this is the commentary on Megillat Esther, I promise we'll get to Tishabov. We're not going to stay on Purim forever. Might be happier to stay on Purim forever. This Geula that we received on Purim was a different Geula from any other type of Geula. At this time, we're living in a time of Hashem hiding His face. Hashem was not open and revealed like He was at every other point in history until that point. It wasn't like every other Geula where it was so clear and apparent that Hashem had come to save them from the Geula, for the Geula. Now skip to the next paragraph. Every other Geula that Hashem brought on Am Yisrael, the primary purpose of Geula was not only that they should be saved physically from where they were at the time. The purpose primarily was that Hashem's name should be aggrandized in the world. That Hashem's name should be spread throughout the land, that everyone should know that it was Hashem who brought this Geula. When it comes to Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we hear this over and over again. So that you and your children and your children's children should talk about what Hashem did in Mitzrayim. We see this in every place. By Mitzrayim, it was so apparent. Nobody was going to look at Yitzhak Mitzrayim and say Hashem wasn't involved. The sea split. There was dry land in the middle of the Yamsuf. There was no ifs, ands, or buts. This was straight from Hashem. When it came to the miracle on Purim, who was to say that it came from Hashem? It's very possible. I, I don't want anyone... You might have to really stretch your imaginations to even think of a possible scenario 
where someone who doesn't like the Jewish people ends up in leadership. Again, never, something never happened like this, that someone who didn't like the Jews ended up in a position of leadership. And there happened to be someone who knew someone who was able to help in the palace or in the government building that was able to help out. And they were able to pull some strings and everything eventually came back to the way that we wanted it to be. And had Esther said, Had Esther said, Look at everything amazing that I did, that I saved you from all of these bad things that were happening. Had Esther said this, we would have never known the chesed that Hashem did. The Geula would have really been for nothing. If the purpose is to spread Hashem's name in the world, this would have been for nothing. It's possible that Hashem wouldn't have even brought the Geula in that situation. The entire purpose of Geula is that we should know that Hashem is the one who redeemed us. So who would have testified about this Geula? Aval, next paragraph. When Esther was ready to give credit to the person who had told her something, when Esther, in a much smaller situation, was willing to give credit to Mordechai, she didn't say to Achashverosh, this is the information I found out that is going to help you. She wasn't willing to take the credit for herself. She gave the credit to Mordechai. Of course, when it came to a much greater situation, and we weren't talking about giving credit to Mordechai, we were talking about giving credit to Hashem, once Esther did this seemingly small action, it showed us that she was up for the test. She was ready to be the one to bring the Geula. She recognized the miracles that were happen- happening to her, and she was willing to give credit to the one who it came from. So Esther is teaching us our second approach here. The first approach is that when we give credit to somebody else, we are showing that we care about other people. We are showing that we can connect to other people, that we can really, through truth and understanding of other people, we can connect to other people. The second approach, however, is that when we give credit to another person, this is a microcosm of what we are meant to do with everything in our life. Then in our life, we know that everything comes from Hashem. But sometimes it's possible to take the credit, to say, oh, I worked on this, I put in a lot of effort here. It's from me. I did this by my own strength. And what Esther is teaching us is that being someone who is ready to bring the Geula means looking at our life through the lens of who did everything come from. Everything comes from Hashem. And when I am able to truthfully connect everything in my life back to Hashem, that shows, as it did with Esther, that we're ready for the Geula. That it's not simply about being caring and connecting to other people, it's about connecting everything ultimately back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So now it doesn't seem so insignificant. It's not something so small. Being able to truly care and connect to another, that takes a lot of effort. 
being able to put someone else's interests before your own is not an easy task. And even more so, being able to look at everything we have in our life and being able to connect that, everything back to Hashem, is also definitely not easy. So practically, what does this mean? I give credit. I heard this idea from so-and-so and Mashiach will walk through the door. Does that mean we're all not doing this properly because the Geula is not yet here? This seems like something so concrete that we can tackle. We can give credit. Should we then expect that by next week, what we assume we've all thought about it, we've worked on it, that Mashiach will come? What does this mean practically? And to this, I believe... Now, there are two approaches as well. We continue the final paragraph that I brought from the Maharal. When someone tells me something, and I now have that piece of information from them, as long as I am holding on to it for myself, I am connected to them. In essence, they are attached to me in a certain way. This is why we have laws of intellectual property. Who, does, who do thoughts and ideas belong to? When someone gives over information to someone else, as long as that person possesses the information, that other person is chained to them. That other person is guarding their information. One who literally has his hand on another. That person, when you give credit to another, you are freeing that other person. You are releasing that other person from the grasp that you had over them. This is one interpretation of Geulah. We see this a number of places throughout Torah. Specifically in Sefer Vayikra, we see this often. That the idea that we have of Geula, of the final redemption, of the ultimate redemption, is one type of Geula. But there is a very small, practical type of Geula. If we look in Source 12, Vayikra Chavhei, V'ha'aretz lotum karlitz mitut, ki li ha'aretz ki garim v'toshavim atami madi. We are talking about the selling of land. Land, we believe, there, there are rules and guidelines to selling land in Eretz Yisrael. If one person sells a piece of land, but their family wants to take it back, they can then be goel the land. They can redeem the land. Let's say a person has a piece of land, they could use some extra cash, they sell the land, and their brother comes along and said, what are you doing? You just sold a piece of land in Eretz Yisrael. Don't you know that land is the best investment? He says, I'm going to redeem it. So he buys back that land. He is called the Goel, the redeemer for the land. Further on in Vayikra Chavhei, yad ger imach, imach, the same applies to a person. If a person sells himself to another, he is going to work as a slave, as a servant to another person. He too should have a goel. That someone who is karovilav, someone who is close to him, should come along and should redeem him. 
Again, even later on in the in Parachav Zayin, source fourteen, the Ish ki yakdish epito kodesh lahashem v'harichu kohin bein tov ubein ra kasher yarichu to akohin kinyakum. Vim hamakdish yigal epito v'asaf chamishi kasef arkecha alav v'hayalo. If one consecrates his house, bito lahashem. If someone sets aside his house for Hashem. And the person wants to come along and redeem it, the person who was going to sell it, he can come along and redeem it. So we see that there is this idea, a very practical geula, that there is something that is entrapped, that there is something that is belonging to one person, and if another person comes along and returns it to its original owner, that is a form of redemption. So the Baharal is saying is that every time we give credit to another person, we are a goel. We are bringing, literally, ge'ula la'ulam. Although it's not a house, or a person, or a piece of land, this is a ge'ula. That this piece of information is being entrapped by another person, and when we give credit, we are releasing that information, we are redeeming it. So with every act of giving credit where credit is due, we are increasing, quote-unquote, the ge'ula level in the world. That we are bringing practically into the world an act of ge'ula every single time we give credit. So on the one hand, that's the understanding, that this is not necessarily about the ultimate redemption. This is not about, I say, Rabbi Brand told me this piece of information and Mashiach walks through the door. Obviously, that is an oversimplification, but that's not what we are expecting to happen. It's that on a practical level, we are building up the level of Geula in the world. There is more redemption every time we do this action. However, on the other hand, there is this idea that... I think is what we're more accustomed to, which is, this is a mitzvah like anything else. Giving credit to somebody, as we said, if you do not give credit appropriately, you are over beloved, you are violating a negative commandment. So therefore, when you give credit, you are doing a positive commandment. And that means that with every positive commandment, we are, as we learn early on in elementary school, adding a brick in that wall. That we are making ourselves more and more worthy of receiving the geula. that with every mitzvah we do, we bring the geula closer. So every time that we give credit to another person, we connect to another person, or most definitely if we connect back to Hashem, we are making ourselves a people that is worthy of the geula. This is something that we can do, as we said, we're fighting sinas chinam here. We are fighting baseless hatred. So bringing people together, connecting people back to Hashem, makes us worthy of the geula. So just that in the same way that we don't expect that every time we daven, that Mashiach will come in that moment. But we believe that with every davening, we make ourselves more and more worthy of the geula. The same is true here. That someone who gives credit may be geula la'olam, in that you are more worthy every time you do this. But how do these two work together? Do they work together? And what does this mean for us? What are we walking away today saying, what is our charge? What are we going to do with this new lesson that we learned? The Meha Shiloach gives a fascinating insight on his commentary on Shulchan Orich at the, Haggad, at the Seder. I can almost promise you that nobody has ever read a commentary on Shulchan Orich. At that point, you have put away your Haggadahs. Everybody is ready to eat. But there is a fascinating insight that he wrote on Shulchan Orich. I'm so happy that here in Av we get to discuss it. I said we're jumping around the Jewish calendar a little bit today. Ba'chila beitzah yish remez l'shtei ha'geulot shal Yisrael. 
Some people have the minhag not only to have an egg on the Seder plate, but to eat a hard-boiled egg as part of Shulchan Orich. So he says, what does this eating of the hard-boiled egg symbolize? He says it is symbolic of shtei geulot shal Yisrael. The two geulot, the two redemptions of Am Yisrael. Legeulat haguf mishia ben Mitzrayim, to the physical geula from the slavery in Egypt. Vilegeulat haruch bekabalat haTorah and to the spiritual redemption that we experience at Kabbalah Satorah. What does an egg have to do with these two things, these two geulot? When a human being has a baby, the baby originates with an egg, but once they emerge into the world, they are a fully formed person. We do not lay eggs, we lay people. Once you give birth, the baby is there. However, that is not true with all animals. Other animals, I was discussing this with somebody in my shul yesterday, and she said her bird that she has in her house just laid an egg. So this actually touched on a very personal note. She does not know what to do with this egg. When other animals give birth, they give birth to an egg. What do you see in that egg? Nothing. You see an egg. You can't tell what's happening inside that egg. It just seems like an egg. However, It needs a second birth. It needs to be hatched. Just like an egg is a birth after a birth, so too was the birth and the redemption of Am Yisrael. That when we left Egypt, we were like that egg, that egg that was laid. We were physically taken out of Sheba Mitzrayim, and there we were, simple, plain, unclear what our potential would be. We were a ragtag group of former slaves when we left from Egypt. You couldn't see the potential within us. We were simple. We had just been taken out of slavery. We needed that second birth. Although we had received our physical salvation, we weren't yet spiritually redeemed. That spiritual redemption came at Matan Torah. That was our hatching. Only once we were given the Torah did we see the potential that had been inherent within us from the moment that we left Egypt. This is what we're hoping for today. That when we yearn for the geula, there is the ultimate aspect, that is the spiritual redemption. That we hope to be taken to our fullest potential with the coming of Mashiach. But there are practical steps that we can take along the way. There is the physical. There is the more basic redemption that is the initial step necessary to bring us to this final geula. And that is our two approaches to the lesson we learned today. When we give credit to somebody else, when we connect to another person, with every time we give credit, we are practically bringing ourselves one step closer to the geula. We are laying that egg of geula in the world. We are planting those seeds, the potential for the geula. And when we take it one step further, we look past just the other person we are connecting to. And we look all the way back to Hashem. We connect everything in our life back to Hashem. We are then also making ourselves worthy of the ultimate geula. We are laying these eggs 
And then we are working even harder. We're doing what we practically can, connecting to one another, creating avas chinam in the world. But at the same time, we're working on a higher spiritual plane. We are working to connect back to Hashem and bring ourselves to this fullest potential with the ultimate ge'ula. So my charge for us is that in this time where we mourn, we struggle, we think about the loss of the Beis HaMikdash, it can sometimes feel like there is such a long road ahead of us. We look at the world, we see so much work that needs to be done. Every Jew to keep Shabbos? How are we ever supposed to get there? But when we look at it on a more basic level, Ha'omer davar b'shem omro, mevi ge'ula la'olam. Someone who gives credit to another person also brings ge'ula to the world. May we be able to focus on laying these eggs, planting these seeds, growing one step closer each day, and ultimately, may we then merit to the ultimate ge'ula.